Hello and welcome to the Chuck P TV podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Privetera. Welcome to season two, episode two. We had a great show last week with CHRO from Hillside Companies, uh, Augie Melendez. Have a listen to that, if you will. I can promise you today's show is going to be just as good, uh, but uh, buckle up because we have uh, our guest today is Nkrumah Pierre. He's one of the most enthusiastic guys. He's a good friend uh, and a great networker, and it's just a joy to, to be around. And I, I want to welcome Nkrumah to the show. How are you, Nkrumah? Chuck, thank you so much for having me. I am doing, doing all right, all things considered. I'm alive, I'm healthy, and I'm employed, so I'm happy to be here. So that's uh, that's a big show of gratitude. We all know that that is so important, especially in a year like this, where so many of our brothers and sisters, uh, you know, it's not easy for any of us, but so, so, so many of them have it so much more difficult. Um, you and I are starting to develop quite the history in Kruma. We've we've uh, we run in the same circles. I think we have a similar sort of uh, styles in terms of being go givers and networkers and leaving no stone unturned. I know, I know the people that we uh, associate with all think, think about the same about the, the two of us, um, mm-hmm. which is really why I wanted, I wanted to have you on this show because um, offer some, some valuable insight into, into how really how gifted you are at, at networking and, um, and helping people. And, and I know there's been some transition. So with, with the year, with the year that we've had and the, the type of, you know, you and I met in an in-person event and, we haven't had those in a while. So, so tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, how things have been going for you in 2020. Yeah. So Chuck, first off again, thank you so much for having me and I appreciate the kind words and hopefully I can uh, live up to the introduction. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, 2020 has been a wild year and, you know, each of us has probably seen on social media, the memes and things of that nature. Some people are like, can, uh, can I get a, a do-over for 2020 or can we just uh can we go to the end of this book and start a new chapter right so <clears throat> at the end of the day you know i've had to just like a lot of my colleagues and friends really pivot and not pivot over a long period of time but kind of pivot overnight and really adapt to this new normal i'm calling it well everyone's calling it the new normal where listen, what we used to know where, you know, I got to meet you in person at Nixon Peabody, you know, those days, quite frankly, (laughs) I don't know when I'll see those days again. And, you know, not knowing when the end is going to happen is probably the most difficult part. Because if someone said, Chuck, in six months, this will all be over, and we can return to what we what we remember business development being, it'd be a completely different feeling than someone saying, you know what, the end is not in sight, and we're really unsure when we'll ever return to the normal we remember. So what I've had to do, quite frankly, is just reinvent myself. And what I found in this current environment of doing everything virtually, you really, you really get to understand who's in your corner. And I say that meaning <clears throat> the relationships we've built over time, the really good ones, um, those are the people who are coming out in droves. Those are the people who are picking up the phone and saying, hey, Nkrumah, would you like to join this podcast? Or, hey, Nkrumah, I have a client that's looking for these four um, types of service providers. Who do you know? What I'm finding is in this current environment, it's a lot more difficult to start a relationship from, from zero 
right? From not knowing someone, but the people who I am doing more business with are the folks that I have connected with in person at some point in time within the last six to, I call it 12 months. Yeah, that's amazing. And there's a whole, a whole uh, couple of things that I want to unpack from this. So, um, and I agree wholeheartedly the, uh, the contacts that, and thankfully guys like us or folks like us have, have those contacts coming into a year like this where we're, um, you know, we're not struggling to, to make new relationships, although we, we continue to try. But, uh, but the one thing I want to ask you that, it, it, you know, that happened to me was what was it like right away when you realized, oh, man, like I go to three events a day. That's over. I mean, how did that hit you? And what went through your mind right, right off the bat there? Well, you know, like most things that are catastrophic, we go into denial. Right. So I, <laughs> yeah. I basically didn't want to accept it. Right. So, you know, it's one thing when your wife tells you you can't go outside. It's another thing when the governor and the mayor tell you you can't go outside. <laughs> right. Like yeah. it, it becomes very real when someone says you're going to be arrested or you would get a fine. Right. Or potentially go to jail if you do not heed the warning. So once it became that real, you know, it was very sobering and it became real very quickly. Um, My knee jerk reaction was my business is going to go from what I did last year to zero, right? Like Mm -hmm. you think the absolute worst, you think, (laughs) you think, you know, the sky is falling, which it kind of was, but how am I going to be, the go-to guy that I've been for the last couple of years, right? You start thinking about your reputation. You start thinking, well, actually forget all that. Forget business for a second. I was thinking about the health of my family and my friends, my sister who's a nurse who actually did get COVID and beat it, thank God, and survived, right? So I was thinking about those people. I was thinking about my elderly grandparents. So that was first and foremost, of course. My human element really came out and then once we got used to this new normal after a month, after two months, my son being home, me not leaving the house, my wife seeing me every single night, right? Like me being able to put my son <laughs> to bed and give him a bath. Like that was also, you know, a completely different lifestyle and a positive adjustment during this tough time. But what I thought about first was my family and friends. And once I got past that, how am I going to be successful in this new environment? Who's going to talk to me? Who's going to pick up the phone? Are my clients or prospective clients still in business, right? When you think of the pipeline of clients that I was prospecting, are they going to make it? Did they get a PPP loan? Did they um, fill out the application properly? Are they going to be, um, are they going to be under the gun when they get it and figure out how do they keep their employees on payroll, right? So like all those things are going through my mind. It was chaotic, I'll tell you that. But what I did. And it's funny because you, you've been part of this, Chuck. I reached out to my network because that's what, that's what I know. In times of need, right, I put in so many deposits of goodwill to my network that if I need something and I don't need much often, when I make that call asking for a favor, asking for advice, I have tons of people who would take that call. So I literally did that. I set up a video call with my closest friends contacts and business colleagues and said, hey, one, are you okay? Right? That's first and foremost. Two, what the heck are you doing? Because I don't know (laughs) what to do next. And we just had a brainstorming session for an hour. And quite frankly, Chuck, that was the genesis 
of my virtual networking calls. Yeah, and those have been truly amazing, Nkrumah. And that's, uh, and I think that you know that's that's what happens, right? I mean, when when uh, you, we adapt, we're we're good at something. We just we keep at it, and and as you said, you, and, and brother, you have plenty of goodwill out there. So, <laughs> so Thank you. hey, I want to uh, I want to pivot not completely, but to just to a little, uh, uh, just a little bit, because there, there are some listeners. Uh, who are maybe in HR, maybe in transition, maybe COVID-related transition, or um, just have been in transition pre-pandemic. They're 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 listening to us talk about you know how how we made our shift to the sort of uh, virtual networking and we're able to keep things going and keep things mm-hmm. uh, uh, busy. What's your advice to people that are maybe just trying to get started? I mean, guys like you know I have a you know, close to 5,000 followers. I think you have over almost 20,000, but what about that person who's like, just, I'm just getting started and I need to, I need to get busy and I need to, um, or, or, or I need to do better. Do you have any tips or advice for some of those folks? Yes. So I have a lot of tips, man. How much time do you have? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you. So there's nothing worse than the person who is faking the funk, Right. And Chuck, you and I know that's not us. It's not in our DNA. But we have people in our network who have just fallen on tough times. And listen, I've lost jobs, right? I've been on the other side of that table. So I'm not speaking from the standpoint of I have no idea what what they're going through. Again, I've never gone through it during a pandemic, of course. It's different. (laughs) But I've been on the other side where, you know, you're not earning and all your friends are earning, right? Like that's a devastating, you know, tough cycle is something to think about because you're like you're just losing time and, and if you think of it that way you jump in any job that hires you because you just want to earn money right versus zero what i tell people is you can't fake the funk so what do i mean by that faking the funk so you someone this you know this um this person that we're speaking of if you are unemployed in this present time and you have not been doing a good job keeping in touch with people, right? I say get in front of the objection. So we call it fronting the objection. So when I reach out to someone, I I get in front of it. Chuck, I know you and I haven't spoken in a while and this may come across as being out of left field, but I'm, you know, I've fallen on a tough I've fallen on tough times with my my current career. I'm really looking for some help, right? So when that conversation happens, right? We know that you're probably like, dude, why are you calling me? <laughs> right? right? If I front yeah. the objection, then that can't be the first thing out of your mouth, right? Because I've already right. gotten ahead of it. I've said, listen, I apologize that we've been out of touch. I should have been doing a better job. That's how I approach it. That's one way to do it. Part two, whenever you are looking for my help, my expertise, my time, you have to be the most flexible. There is nothing worse when someone is in a time of need and they're calling the shots, that doesn't work. That doesn't right. work. In the networking world, you have to be a gracious person. Put the ego aside. I'm not saying bend over backwards. I'm not saying, you know, um, kiss anyone's you know what. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is be flexible. You cannot be so um, stringent with your time or your your availability. I thought you were unemployed, right? You can't tell me <laughs> that you're not available for the next three weeks when, you, when you're looking to me to get a job. Like that doesn't work and that sends the wrong message. So 
so many times I've spoken to people and listen, I've spoken to all types, but there's nothing worse than the person who is telling me how busy they are when they need my time, right? Or my expertise to help them get that job. That doesn't sit well with me. And then yeah. the other piece of it is make it easy for the person you're asking. For example, in Kruma, I saw a job posting on your company's website. Can you refer me? Now, first off, <laughs> I have to make sure that I'm comfortable referring you. But before we even get there, make it easy. Say, I saw a job posting 923 on your website. Here's my resume. Here's my cover letter, although I don't believe in cover letters. But here's my resume. Here's an email that's clean. Why I think I'm a good fit for the job that you could forward along to your colleague. Not an email that I need to edit. Not an email that I need to fix. No, make it really easy in Kruma. This is perfect. And look, I even wrote the intro email that you can use for your HR person. Just fill in their name and their email address and you could forward this along. Oh my gosh, that person gets it, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you think about showing up to a conversation like that with you or me um, bearing gifts? When you like, say willing, bearing gifts, what do you like, mean? I mean that in the in more innocent way than it sounds. But <laughs> hey, this you know, I, I spent some time looking at your LinkedIn profile, and I have someone that I think you might be interested in meeting that I can connect you to. Oh my gosh, I, I love those. Now be careful because some people think tit for tat, right? Where it's like, okay, if I intro this person, just anyone, right? They're gonna feel more inclined make sure it's the right person. I would sure. qualify a little more. Listen, I love bringing gifts. My mom, you know, always taught me never show up empty handed. I get that. But, and you and I have gone through this a little bit where, you know, we sometimes run into times where we're really tough and busy, right? Like no one yes. wants a meeting just to have a meeting. Like we don't need more of those, especially not you and me. So good point. I, I want to say that just, if you're going to come bearing gifts, Maybe ask an open-ended question and say, hey, Nkrumah, I noticed you work at an accounting firm. Are CFOs and controllers typically good introductions to you? Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Awesome. Yeah. I know a CFO at a middle market company who's really open to meeting good people. Would that be a good intro for you? I can share his profile or her profile. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And then it comes back to me to say, all right, Chuck, please make that intro because there's nothing worse than someone making an intro that is not pre-qualified pre-qualified right. or predetermined yeah. and then both parties go dark or go silent and or I just take a call I'm not interested in the call right like you want both parties to have an active um, interest in meeting or speaking with one another so that all parties are happy and so and so this is great this is these are great tips I think one of the biggest takeaways from here especially for the folks who are just getting, you know, sort of just getting started is the sort of, you know, hey, vulnerability, uh, authenticity, those are your friends when you're trying to repair or, um, you know, um, uh, cross back over a bridge that has, has been uh, um, that you haven't crossed over in a while. So uh, so those right. that's that's great advice. Um, one, one of the things that I I'd want to say about your firm, Eisner Amper, uh, throughout the pandemic has the content coming at us just from um, to all different perspectives for all different audiences was mm -hmm. just amazing. And, uh, I really, I, and, and, you know, there's been a ton of content out there <laughs> and <laughs> my goodness, we could have been, you know, 12 hours a day. I could have been sitting on zooms, but there's been some really great stuff from Eisner. But one of the other things I want to pivot to that, that Eisner does, that's, that's your baby and something that 
been around for a while, but you really have taken this to a whole nother level. And it's your, your friends of the firm program. And um, I just, I, I think this is a wonderful way for obviously the firm to be useful and, and help clients and, uh, and friends of clients and, uh, and it helps people and uh, just share a little bit about the program with us and, and, and how, how that's been going throughout, throughout this crazy year. Absolutely. So Chuck, thank you. So the friends of the firm program is about eight years old. I inherited the program three years ago um, as a, as the director and head of the program. And what it is, it, it's a network of about 5,000 CFOs and controllers. And I manage the, net, the network, um, you know, daily. And I've been able to, with the help of, of course, my colleagues and my partners and, you know, everyone at the firm and more specifically, Isabella and now Sue, who's our new manager who we just hired. Um, <clears throat> we've changed it, we call it Friends of the Firm 2.0. We've changed it from what it used to be where it was almost like a hobby of you know one of our partners in the past where it was something that he was able to do in his spare time to really making it and, and by the way he built a great program and for what it was eight years ago to what it is today without his leadership and his help to create it and his you know his ideas we wouldn't be where we are today with it so definitely have to give credit where credit is due but with regards to where the program is now you know, our clients, our prospective clients, our employees are talking about the program, you know, with a lot of energy and positivity. And as you know, we talk about something um, often enough and you see it and you hear it often enough, it kind of gets legs and it goes viral. So the Friends of the Firm program is a network of 5,000 5, CFOs and controllers um, where we help to place individuals with companies who are looking to hire CFOs and or controllers. There's no fee for the service. I'll tell you, there's no fee for the service <laughs> and clients love it. And, you know, it's really led to new business. Um, you know, last year we brought in over a million dollars as a result of the placements we made um, in different companies. And, you know, this year we've been hit, of course, <laughs> kind of hit in the stomach because sure. we can't make the amount of placements that we've made uh, in prior years, although we still have made a handful of placements this year. And um, it's a value add. And it's also a way to distinguish um, ourselves and differentiate ourselves from our competitors. And I think, you know, just so people understand that sort of the, there's the, the motive behind it. And, I, you know, as, as obviously I'm a huge um, proponent of what you guys are doing there and have tried to send uh candidates your way because I understand as Eisner understands as many professional services firms understand it never hurts to have a friend at a at a client or a potential client and what better way to to do that and and then to use our our client and company relationships to help people who may not otherwise have access to to these networks which kind of leads me to something that you and I kind of did as um as really the both the pandemic and so social unrest sort of sort of ripped the band-aid off of just how bad the sort of systemic racism and uh and uh it really is in corporate america and in, mm -hmm. in the hiring and and that process and um and i had you know i've had the opportunity to interact with a lot of uh, especially black female executives in hr or or finance or a little bit of both um so i guess more importantly i'm just thankful that i had the friends of the firm program and you're sort of sponsorship of some of the folks I was able to send your way because that helped us 
be a little bit more active anti-racists in our in the world mm-hmm. that we live in by mm-hmm. introducing some folks that may not otherwise have access to the network. But um, so so tell me a little bit about diversity in your world. I know you're you're taking an active role with your firm with Eisner Amper, and just a, a little bit about your interaction with some of the, some of the folks in terms of uh, making introductions and helping them network through the through the Friends of the Firm program. Absolutely. So you know, first and foremost. Being an African-American man in America, um, I'm a huge proponent of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, accounting is um, a very homogenous uh, industry, and, you know, we're trying to change that day by day um, by just, you know, introducing more students of color to the industry and helping them, you know, get opportunities at companies like ours. Um in terms of friends of the firm and just kind of what we're trying, well, I'll take a step back. In terms of us as an organization, you know, we have acknowledged the fact that we need to do a better job, right? And I think that's the hardest thing. The hardest first step is acknowledging where there's an issue. And we've acknowledged that we need to do a better job. And we've put, you know, people in seats um, to help them manage that and help to um, educate and also help our employees and colleagues, you know, just also acknowledge and recognize the unconscious bias that some of us might have, me included, right? I mean, each of us as humans have that. And just acknowledging that and then saying, okay, well, I tend to hire these types of people, or I tend to get resumes from these resources or these um, groups or these organizations, right? But those organizations might be quite homogenous and not diverse at all, right? So we are now starting to just ask each of our partners and colleagues to say, okay, this is what you have done over the past 10 years. How can we think differently? Are there different schools we can look at? Are there additional resumes that we can get into the, um, the pipeline? And then also, let's not forget about the diverse population that we have already, right? Like everyone always speaks about, yes, we need more, we need more. But I always put my hand up and say, but what about the folks of color we have today, right? Like, let's not dismiss them because then that leaves them with a bad taste in their mouth, right? Let's figure out how we can help develop them even more because there's nothing worse than you've been putting in the time, you've been loyal to a company, and then you get passed up for a promotion and they bring in your boss, right? Like, that doesn't feel Well, that's the... uh... That's the inclusion piece. And it's interesting. Austin Channing Brown said very recently that, um, you know, when I'm at a company, it's very clear whether I'm at work or not by the color of my skin. But if you put that same sort of microscope on my needs as a black woman in the workplace, you know, now we're talking about equity, inclusion, belonging, and taking those steps. So, so you're talking about the inclusion piece for sure, which I think yeah, of course. If we're spending all this, you know, effort and and blood and treasure on bringing these right, the right types of folks in, you know, the right uh, the right uh, diverse candidates and employees, we want to make sure we keep them. And exactly. that's, that's all about exactly. And that's sure. and by keeping the folks of color or the high performing individuals at your company. Listen, high performers know high performers. You know that. Yep. Wealthy people yep. know wealthy people. Great athletes know great athletes, right? Like that's just how it is. We surround ourselves with, with like-minded individuals. So what, what people fail to realize as well, and this is across many companies, if you do right by the people that you have already, 
that goodwill and that positivity that they speak about your organization and the way they are treated will help get new talent. But let me tell yeah. you, if you don't take care of the talent that's within your organization, that, as we know, right, in marketing, you can have one negative review that can yeah. completely, completely offset millions or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of positive reviews. So we have to protect them. Okay, so you know that I can uh, chat with you about all this fun stuff uh, all day, but we're getting toward the end of our time here. And I wanted to, um, to sort of wrap up with one, one thought. So my, um, as, as the beginning of the school year started for my seven-year-old son, I, I told him, you know, I know this has been a, a difficult year, um, okay. but I think that, and I know that, that there will be gifts presented to us from the experiences we've had this year. And while there has been a lot of despair and heartache and pain, um, you know, there, I promise there will be gifts that are maybe not visible, visible to us right now, but my hope is that they will be, they will be clear and, and, uh, and present themselves soon enough. So, so can you, can you, uh, put your, uh, or spot any gifts that, that the experiences we've, we've had to go through this year, um, will bring to you and your family and anything that, uh, that you can think of in Kuruma? Hmm, that's a tough one on the spot, <laughs> but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, yeah. So I think in terms of, um, and I don't want to say silver lining because that is the wrong term, but in terms of, you said gifts that have presented themselves, I think some of the gifts that have been presented are the, <clears throat> the depth that I've been able to the depth of relationships I've been able to create, right? So I've always thought of myself as a relationship guy, but I've never known the names of my colleagues' kids, right? I've never known where my colleagues live, like literally knowing what their living room and their kitchen looks like, right? Like yeah. it's a different level of a relationship when, you know, people always say break bread, come to my home, right? Like you can't go to everyone's home, but like- right. I got to, you know, I got to spend time with my CEO at his golf course, right? Like, I don't know if that would have happened in regular times. Sure. I've been able to, you know, see my boss and play golf with him, right? And like, we, we text and we send photos, right? Of, you know, things that are going on, right? Like without families, like, I don't know if I would have gotten that close to either of these people during regular times because we're all, we all would have been moving so fast. Right. We all would have been moving sure. so fast, jumping on planes, jumping on trains, missing planes, missing trains, being <laughs> stressed out. Right. So like the depth of these relationships is at a new level. Like, I don't mind. Imagine this. When's the last time you pick up a FaceTime from a colleague who you haven't spoken to in two weeks? That would never happen. I would ignore <laughs> right. that in two seconds. Now yeah. I accept it. And it's not weird that I'm wearing a T-shirt and sweatpants. Right before I had to have my suit on and everything had to be pressed perfectly. Now it's like, dude, you're at home. You have a big beard. Okay, great. All right. You have a stain on your shirt. Who cares? <laughs> you know, uh, you thought I put you on the spot there, but I think you nailed it. And that is a tremendous gift that I think we've all gotten is, again, I go back to those words of authenticity and vulnerability and people really 
get to see who you are. I mean, I've experienced a little bit of that with having my son in my videos. Um, and, I, I and love so, that, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks. And um, so those gifts are there. And my hope is that you continue to, you know, take take the good out of what this year has uh, has done. And um, and for you and your family as well. I know I got I, I would have never seen uh, I got to see your son on one of the videos. Right. which is awesome. <laughs> which is awesome. So. And Kruma, I, you know, you know how much I appreciate you and our friendship and the, and the relationship our firms have. And I can't thank you enough for spending time with us. I know our listeners are going to be uh, really entertained and thrilled and, and, and they're going to learn a lot. So I really appreciate your time today, buddy. Awesome. Chuck, listen, man, absolute pleasure. A lot of love and respect for you. You know that. Um, let's complete, let's, you know, continue to always stay in touch and, you know, continue to build the empire, as I like to say. Um, you are a man of men, many, many talents. You are <laughs> a gift to your organization. You know that. And listen, man, I'm honored to call you a friend. Oh, likewise, brother. Likewise, brother. All right. Peace to you. All right, Chuck. Thanks, boss. Take care. Take care. Bye.